I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. You know, I thought we played very, really played a good game. We had a dead spot in the second half where we, we, we didn't get, we had some empty trips down the floor. Uh... And just you know, made some some mistakes you can't make. Uh, Mac hurt us in the middle. We went when Barama went back in. We wanted him to get push up there, and you know he just didn't get in, get in there. And uh, he made some you know, pretty tough shots in there. But uh, we had a good look on the out of bounds play. Uh, but you know we didn't get back, and uh, they made a they pushed it up. Did a good job getting the transition basket there but we battled really hard joe made some big buckets at the end when they got the lead and uh elijah and buddy kept us in there we just didn't get you know marek has been is key for us and him being in foul trouble hurt you know they're a good shooting team they made i mean they made shots tonight in the first half they we did a better job on their three-point shooters in the second half but we didn't do a a good job on Mac, and you know, we we don't we don't mind it going there, but we we think our center can guard that guy there, and he did. Mm, Elijah had 22, so I don't know whether he's struggling or not. Well, you're gonna miss some shots. He had a good offensive game, played well. Clemson's a good defensive team. Joe struggled for the most part, but then he made the plays that got us the lead. Clemson's a good team, good defensive team, and it's not that easy to play against them. I thought we did a good job offensively. Uh, our defense got us beat. We, we couldn't contain Mac in the middle. That was the game. Thanks. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Cuse Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse Sports Podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a voice. So welcome. Happy Thursday. So. Thirsty Thursday. Again. Wow. But it feels no, like just it's Wednesday. Oh, it's Wednesday. Sorry. I was going to say, it feels like just yesterday was Thursday. Well, it was six days ago, at least. But. Anyway, um, yeah, this week won't end. <laughs> I know, I know it, right? I keep, I keep thinking tomorrow's Friday. Damn, I've been doing that yep. all day. And my all son, week. my son, my all week, my son was thinking tomorrow was Friday too. So, um, anyways, it's not just me. Um, look, um, <clears throat> the orange win streak ends at five, and you know it's going to be okay. The Clemson Tigers they hack their way to a victory, seventy-one to seventy. Syracuse falls to thirteen eight. Six and four in the ACC. You'll hear from us. We'll hear from you. And Syracuse will take on number nine Duke at home this Saturday at eight o'clock. The game for all of you out of staters that are listening. 
Um, the game will be on ESPN. Prime time, 8 o'clock. It's going to be exciting. No. Um, you know, Syracuse usually plays Duke pretty good. And, um, you know. They do. Look, we're going to get into everything. But first, but first. This is our 200th episode, okay? Now, listen, quickly, I'm not trying to bore anybody, but this has been over three years now, Joe, okay, which yeah. is a milestone in itself. I thought a year was a milestone. We're at three years. I don't even know how many games. Um, this is our fourth. A lot of them. A lot of them. Uh, this is our fourth basketball season. We've done three full football seasons, and um, we're sitting here, episode 200. When we started this thing, I've said it before, you know, if, if, if 10 people listened, we'd still do it. We don't do it because we're trying to become anything. We're not trying to make money. Uh, any money that we get from sponsorship, what little bit we do get, I buy stuff and I give it away. And the swag in equipment. equipment. I bought some equipment, but um, for us, it was never in, in, intended to be, become anything. I've met amazing people. Um, yep. Tyler, um, Paul used to come on, um, and, uh, James. And, and James is freaking phenomenal. Love James. So, um, I've met many fans at the games that watch, or that listen. So the fans that have come up, I've been at the dome and met people. Just the social media alone has been right. a blessing. The whole thing has been beyond my wildest imagination. I want to thank everybody who does listen and um, comment. Just, yeah, and, and help us. Comment. That's part of the show, right? Uh, yeah, so. absolutely. And 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 to be honest with you, we listen to Syracuse Sports Podcasts. Um, I told you, you know, the Noons podcast was the first one I ever listened to. And we didn't want to be like them. You know, when we first started out, we were playing around. But we said, well, we got to have a niche. And I don't want to do something that someone else is doing. So we did the game, uh, the, the post-game, pre-game stuff, which no one was doing. And, yeah. um, and no one's still doing And then get the fans involved, right? So. Yeah, and getting the fans involved was a huge thing. We wanted to be centered around the fans because we're huge fans. Anyways, we do it because we love it. We appreciate you guys for humoring us uh, for three years. Those of you, there are some that have listened for three years, which, uh. is, which is amazing. <laughs> so. Yeah, if you would have told me when you asked me to do this, and, uh, you know, it's not my 200th episode, but... It's Joe's 196th. 3rd or 6th or something, yeah. But either way, if you would have told me that it would have lasted this long and that we would have built the, the community that we have and have the people um, just help and, and comment, uh, I probably wouldn't have believed it. So it's definitely been awesome. It has Blessing. been it has been worth it to just to meet some of the people we've met. Just even if I've only DM'd with you guys, I really, really appreciate it. I mean, there's yep. so many... For every one nasty Syracuse fan that's been negative, there's ten, there's twenty positive, awesome people out there that I've interacted with, without a doubt. So yep. thank you, we appreciate it, we love you guys. Enough can't be said about that. So um, I just thought it was worth mentioning. We let one fifty pass by, and um, I couldn't let two hundred go. So no, episode two hundred. Um, all right. I wish it was a win. I wish it was 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 you know a little bit uh, more upbeat, but that's okay, dude. We're gonna get into this, dudes and dudettes. We're gonna get into this. We're gonna explain it to you um, from our perspective. I'm not telling you what to think, but I'll give you our opinion. So anyway, uh, before we get into all that, past, present, and future, my bookie players, listen up. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all that come to play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Join uh, at mybookie.ag. 
Log on to there today. Make your first deposit. Use the promo code CHAIR, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. If you don't know what you're getting into, I always tell you guys this. If you've never been online before, don't worry about it. You could research it yourself, or you can call MyBookie's patient customer service team. They can walk you through the process. They can answer any of your questions. Um, and so uh, if you do know what you're getting into, though, and you just or you decide to do it after you get your questions answered, again, join MyBookie.ag. Just log on there today. Use the promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, CHAIR, and MyBookie will match you dollar for dollar. Um, up to a thousand bucks. You play, you win, you get paid. Thank you, my bookie. So, Joe. Now, um, yes, sir. The Orange seemed to have control of the game after. It, so, I mean, I thought the game was obviously you never count your chickens for your eggs hatch. But Gerard hit a three, put up, put SU up seventy to sixty-seven after a quick score from Clemson. Um, and then Gerard stole the ball from Sims. He missed the layup. Hughes, as we know, missed the tip-in on the other end. Uh, Clyde Trapp scored the final points for Clemson in transition. Uh, the game came down to the final second with Syracuse at a huge disadvantage with, obviously, most notably, Dolzhai sitting on the bench. The good, 14 of 15 from the line, 93.9%. Hughes was 8 for 9, the only miss, uh, but you know he shot the most, too. Uh, Syracuse yeah. was able to get... Clemson to turn the ball over 16 times um, to their eight, resulting in 15 points for the Orange. Hughes and Buddy combined for 44 points. That tells me should have won. 15 of 35 from the field for both of them combined. Syracuse uh, held Sims in check. That was a huge key. Unfortunately, um, we had some other people. Yeah. One other people. Um, so they held him well below his average. Two points and seven rebounds. A for effort. I thought the effort was great. It came down to the last play. Two starters on the bench. Some questionable things uh, went on. We'll go over that. Uh, the bad Dolzhai only played 26 minutes in this game due to foul trouble pretty much from the get-go. Only eight points, three, bo- three rebounds in that time. We've said, coaches said, uh, he is key to this team and what they do, and he needs to play to the last buzzer every game. Uh, I don't I think James put up a stat. They are one in four when Dolzhai falls out early. And and so, I mean, if that tells you anything. Um, yeah. He followed out with eight, almost nine minutes left in the game. Dude, 7.56. What was it? 7.56. Seven, okay, yep. I have 8.56 written down. Okay, so it was 7.56. Uh, Sidibe followed out with 5.07 left. So, mm. um, still not good. Dolzhai, not good. Sidibe, also not good. Um uh, uh, you know, just those two things can't be a thing. They they've got to do a better job, and and I mean, I don't know how you do it, but they've got to do something. A couple, yeah, they know that. Yeah, a couple ticky tack deals down there. Uh, career high thirty two points for the twenty three year old senior Tevin Mack. He was on fire. He couldn't miss in the second half. Hughes and Gerard uh, combined for just four for fifteen from behind the line. The ugly uh, between the broadcasting. In officiating, I was entirely confused at points during this game. Uh, yeah. The broadcasters, they were just cl- as clueless as it gets. And the refs, uh, I believe, in my opinion, they called an ugly game. It got ugly, got out of control. Uh, I'm not blaming the refs for this loss. But I don't want to. I'm not going there. I won't. I probably, I don't know if I'll right. ever go there. But I want to be clear. Um, if you think that game was officiated well, then we just have a disagreement. Uh, rebounds, rebounds, rebounds. One of Joe G's points uh, that he brought back after shelving it for a couple games was the rebounds. Negative 10 on the boards, 36 to 26. That is ugly. Ugly. 
So Syracuse had been yeah. making some serious strides too. Uh, since we started tracking it, they were like 200th. They got up to 155th nationally in rebounding percentage over those over that course of five wins. So anyway, expect them to drop back a little bit. But what'd you see, Joe? Yeah, the, a lot of what you saw. Again, um, I just thought that again, like you said, the commentary was was pretty bad. I mean, at, at one point. Uh, they didn't even know that Dolzhai was fouled out. out. They said, so, um, you don't right, want to use yeah, him yet. So there, the scoreboard was messing up. There was a little bit of confusion there at the end of the first half where we didn't know if they put the three-pointer on the wrong team and then they didn't fix it, but then we made one and then people thought we were supposed to have more than what we, I mean, I called you. I thought the same thing. So, yeah. Uh, but eventually, you know, they they obviously got it right. And obviously <laughs> with the, uh, the refereeing, that's one of those things where – the biggest thing that I look for refereeing is consistency, man. That's really all it is. And it's your job to basically keep control of the game to make sure that uh, it doesn't get out of control and get a little chippy like it did. Uh, that's pretty much what happened. You saw them. You allowed They allowed them to be pretty physical. It got a little chippy. And then all of a sudden they wanted to start blowing the whistle you know, for any little thing. And to change that up in the middle of the game, that's hard because as a player, you have to adjust to the way that the, the, the game is being called. And you can't do that when they change the way they call it within the middle of the game. So overall, I just thought that it, that part of it was kind of tough. But I think the rebounding can be explained by just the fact that we were in foul trouble, right? So with the fact that Dolzhai and, and Sidibe only playing the minutes that they did and they were in foul trouble the whole time. So you know they had to be a little on the safe side when it came to, to trying to rebound the ball. Um, 11 offensive rebounds, just not going to cut it. And... Uh, like we talked about, stopping Sims was huge, but Mac, I, I mean, he scored 32 points. The most, the highest he scored this year is 22 twice. So for him to come out and just hit every shot was, was, was very t- tough to watch. And then you get someone like a Clyde Trap, who has been terrible. now on the now on the season has 11 three pointers for the season. He made four of his 11 that he's made all year last night on us. Yeah. So uh, again, when you see stuff like that, um, I thought that we had a, a great game plan. I think that our defense played well. In the beginning, it looked a little rough, uh, but we came back. We took the lead. Again, I know there's going to be people, oh, we can't put teams away. This is like That's kind of what this, what it is for us, right? We're, we're a young team. We don't sub a lot. So there's going to be teams that get fresher legs out there, and, and they can go on runs. Um, and sometimes we're not going to handle situations the best. Uh, but, yeah, that was a winnable game. Uh, I thought the uh, – there's a chance that there could have been a foul there with Elijah Hughes at the end. You, know, you can't just box out someone who's in the air trying to shoot a ball above you. But I can understand, you know, situations on why it wasn't called. But it put us in a pretty crappy situation as far as on transition defense. I think that's why they probably got the easy layup there to, to go up one. So, um, well, there was there was two blatant miss calls. There was a charge. Mm. There was a charge on. Well, yeah, so that one's tough, right? Because Is it again, he lowered his shoulder, man. He flat. I mean, it kind of looked like that, but it, you can lower your shoulder to some extent. But it's, it's all about. Eh, well, it's all about if you push off and you maybe extend the elbow, and and then obviously someone, a ref, right there on the court, and maybe they can judge on whether or not Garrier flopped a little bit. Um, but that's uh, that's a tough call. To, well, that's a tough call to watch because usually you don't see the no calls. I think we talked about that, you know, a couple weeks ago or something. How kind of convoluted that whole rule is and you never really know how exactly. it's going to go right but right. usually it's called one way or another 
So you rarely see the no calls. So right. again, I think it's just surprising because that could have been a good no call, except for we rarely see no calls. So sometimes when you're on the wrong end of one, it's like, come on. I feel but, like um, I feel like a good no call is when there is a little bit of a charge, but there's also a little bit of a block. That happens more times than not, actually. Yeah. And yeah. And, and to me, and to me, Gary A's feet. I mean, they were a set as set can be. I mean, they weren't yeah. they didn't move. He right. stood right there. He was outside the arc, and. Dude. But unless you're right there, you don't really know how much contact is there, right? So I guess. Sometimes on TV it looks worse okay. than what it really is, right? So yeah, well, I'm just saying I'm because I'm not trying to make 100% make excuses, but I know, I know that when you don't have your eyes on the player that you're guarding and he jumps up and then you back up into him and take his legs out, usually that's a foul every single time. Yeah, that and then well that was the other one I was talking about. When I said right. two, that was the other so, one. And that was at the I end mean, of the game, you know. I mean Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to give it to so Clemson. We did see that their defense is is pretty tough. You know, they gave us they gave us problems. There were some challenges out there for us offensively. And um, I do think that they were very patient with the ball and passing and getting the shots that they they wanted to make. Um, But just not being able to stop Mac and Mac making every shot, it seemed like. So, I mean, they almost they shot 48 percent from the field. So we just can't allow that. And, you know, just a guy had a day. Yeah, well, that's really all, you know, and still on top of that, it's uh, at Clemson losing by one. It's not going to be looked at as a bad loss. I mean, we went on a little run there. The last three losses we've had is a combined six points. Well, yeah, so, and we'll we'll get into we'll get into all of that. Um, but all in all, well, I mean, we, I guess we can address it. I think there's a fan feedback comment on it, but w- w- let's address it right now because this is this is something that irritated me today a little bit, okay? Everybody's just throwing their arms up and, and, and saying, you know, NIT bound or, you know, this was an awful loss. It was not an awful loss. Mm-mm. It was not an awful loss. Pitt would have been a bad loss. Okay, this would not. This was not an awful loss because they're never going to dip. They were an eighty-one net. Uh, Clemson was coming into the game, and in for an away game for Syracuse, it is um, an away game would be seventy-six to one thirty-five net. So unless Clemson falls in the net to one thirty-six, this will never be a quad three game. But they are. Right. They were an eighty-one coming in. They could very well get up to a seventy. Let's say that would make this a quad one loss. Now you tell me, is that a bad loss? No, absolutely not. Right. And and Clemson beat Clemson beat Duke. You can't really just look at the record. Um, No, absolutely. Last night they last night they passed the uh, the eye test for sure. So um, no, I don't think that that. And to be to be perfectly honest with you, I looked at the net rankings and um, it says games through the twenty eighth. It showed that. uh, we actually moved from 64th to 62nd. So we lost that game and still moved up two spots. So I mean, you talk go? about, let's see, I got it right here. Whether, whether or not it killed us, we're still 51 in Ken Palm instead of 50. So that game didn't kill us whatsoever. Okay. The issue with the issue with our team and our resume for the whole year is going to be whether or not, yeah, we don't have any bad losses, but we don't have any great wins. So depending on what the bubble looks like and depending on, um, how the committee is going to look at the the 20 conference games versus the usual 18. Um, we're still in this. A lot of ACC teams are still in it because we're right there where we really don't know where we're going to end up. Yeah. And it's, you know, and there's lots of opportunities left too. So, Oh yeah. Like this Saturday, 
Yeah, we go be duped and that erases that loss. So, yeah, absolutely, and we we can get into that. Um, and in fact, let's do it. It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. Uh, you guys know what to do at the end of every game. I propose a question, give your thoughts. You do that. I go through them. Joe goes through them. We pick some. We talk about them. It's as simple as that. So between Facebook and Twitter, and I never really, um, I never really do this on Instagram, but I guess that's a thing. We don't have a yeah. lot going on on Instagram, so it's like I don't know. You know, I yeah. don't know. Sorry, I didn't have time to look at them through Facebook today. You didn't be no. Okay, well I did. Cause I always I always have to pick up your slack. So, um, oh my god, <laughs> Jay! Oh, by the way, by the way, James, top fan on Facebook. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. 
They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Facebook now. Kudos to James. Good job, James. Good job. High five. Really, really proud of that. Really proud and of that. Just in case everybody wants to know, he didn't do what... You said he had to do to become top fan. So give you a lap dance? Are you sure? I never got an answer. I asked him. So I don't care what he says. I'll tell you right now that that's no. <laughs> uh, by happen. the way, by the way, we were talking about uh, Tevin Mack not missing twelve for seventeen. By the way, just thought I'd throw that in there. Um, no, he so, missed a couple early, but it felt like the second half. Second he half he anything. did not. Yeah. Uh, by the way, so James Zuba now a uh, uh, Cuse Militia podcast Facebook page top fan and also three one five legend, and he can put that on his um, his Twitter bio. So it's pretty yeah. awesome. Uh, Timothy on Facebook. I thought we had two points when Edwards passed the ball to Quincy. They weren't on the same page. Missed opportunity for a bucket that may have decided the game. Ultimately, move on. Bring on Duke. Okay, Joe. I mentioned this one to you at the end of the game. Yeah. He had a straight shot to the um, two of them. That and then the one where where Edwards had a straight shot to the rim. And, yeah. And he had a straight path right to it. Could have dunked the ball. Didn't do it. They they were off of him. They knew he wasn't going to do anything. And he just. He looked like a deer in the headlights. And then he actually goes and makes a good pass to Quincy. And Quincy's got his arms down by his side, and he's staring off into space. Yeah, that was a tough one. I think, again, that's just knowing your teammates, knowing your roles. Uh, You have to know if you're Quincy or if you're anybody or even a fan. um, If Jesse Edwards is going in there, I'm sure that uh, a certain coach had a little conversation with him to let him know not to shoot the ball when he was out there. and to be perfectly honest with you, he doesn't get minutes like that. I mean, we don't play him usually ever. The only reason he was in there was because of the foul trouble and then the, well, the guys fouling out. And uh, as a teammate, you have to know that he's not going to be looking to shoot the ball. He's not going to want anything to do with it. Uh, and, and I don't know if it looked like because Gary, he was pointing up after after the pass, right? Like he was like looking he for an alley-oop. It was either an alley-oop or he was thinking, no, just just put the ball up there on the rim. You either make it or I get the rebound, right? Yeah, I get the putback. But as a, as a player on a team like that, when you know that you got a player like that and then he's double teamed and you have the open space, like you have to just make yourself available because you know that he's trying to pass the ball. So And, and you know, when you lose by one point, you have to mm. look at the that one play or this one play or that other one play. Because right. it, that's what it comes down to, obviously. I mean, it comes down yeah. to two points. You win that game, and that was two points. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and Quincy could have called for the ball, uh, the pass up high for an alley-oop or, what, or just a pass in general up high. He wasn't paying yeah. attention. So I no. don't think he would have caught anything. I think he was trying to pass the buck there, which, you know, you got to help out the young guys like that. I know he's a young guy, but he's, he's playing way more minutes. He's got way more experience on the floor with that team. And, yeah. um, you know, you got to help him out. So, anyway, Anthony, top fan, our good buddy, Anthony, accused water boy. Um, 
Uh, beat Duke in this game gets erased, losing by one on the road to Clemson Hurts, but it's minor compared to the positive of beating a top 10 Duke. Sadibi, uh, losing Sadibi and Dolzai killed us, and kudos to Clemson on uh, taking advantage of Edwards down low, who clearly isn't ready as a freshman. Right on cue with that as we yeah. p- can piggyback on that. Um, yeah, he's obviously just very timid and awkward and he his first like 30 seconds in there he had to close out on the wing he did a pretty good job but he almost flew him flung himself into the stands uh uh trying well, to well i thought he was gonna it. follow the guy so, I know, so. <laughs> there was a and there was a point where he like get up real quick like yeah it's again work in progress man i mean he was kind of a late signee he's from the netherlands i don't think he's necessarily played basketball that long uh no. And he's got to fill out, like you said. He looks like not only a deer in the headlights, but he looks like a newborn deer with <laughs> trying to figure out how say, to use a starving his, deer his... in the headlights. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, just, just yeah, like a newborn deer in the headlights, still trying to figure out how to use his legs with his body. Like that. Yeah. You ever seen a giraffe get born? That's what we used to call Chuku. Remember, we used to make jokes about. Chuku well, that's like pretty much giraffe. all those type of animals, right? Where they're top heavy and they got those weak legs, and they really don't. Yeah. 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 Totally. Uh, you know, it's tough. Yeah, it is tough. It's, it's, it's not funny. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's really it's not funny. Sorry, Coach. Um, <clears throat> all right, Dominic on Facebook. Dominic, not a tap fan. What's up with that, Dominic? A little disappointed in that. That's okay. I'll still read your comment. Uh, I hate losing to Clemson. We played well enough to win, and we played poorly enough to lose. A game like that on the road, and 99% of the time, it's an L. Uh, what I do like is that I don't think they were looking ahead to Duke. This is a good point. Let's come back to that. It's just a young team on the road bound to happen at some point this season. Now we get to see this team respond response at home after a tough loss. So the, the people were saying trap game. In fact, Joe, I think you might've said maybe it was a trap game, but I have to say, I don't think so with the way they played losing by one. I really don't think so. It took them a while to settle down in the beginning, but yeah. ultimately, if Dolezal plays that game, I don't think they lose. And um, I mean, it comes down to that. What did we say? Seven fifty. He went out with almost eight minutes left. Right. And well, you know, I think you're right there as far as that goes. I mean, again, I was looking at it like I was sitting there thinking as soon as, especially when Dolezal followed out and stuff. I'm like, man, I'm like the adversity of last. The last game, right, where Elijah only had ten points, Joe didn't do that great, and we still ended up pulling out the win, right? And I'm yeah. like, wouldn't it be some, you know, yeah, some, if we still pulled it off, if, if we still pulled like that, that off, right, coming over adversity? I mean, yeah. we we are a confident team. Uh, we're not perfect. We are going to make mistakes, and there is going to be adversity throughout every single game. Some of them are going to have their ups and their downs. They're not going to shoot their greatest every single game, but to see these these kids fight the way they do and again especially considering that they're so young and we're not that deep of a team um just the fact that again like we said the last three losses combined six points we could have won any one of those games um i mean it just tells you all you need to know about this team you know, like we're not going to give up no matter what happens it's just sometimes when we hit this adversity and we lose certain players um we still haven't really figured that out right so yeah. we figured out a little bit about if elijah's yeah if elijah's you know, not hot or if Joe's not hitting his shots or if Buddy might not get like we figured it out, you know, Dolce will step up, Sadibia has stepped up. So now it's uh well how do we win those tough games when our big men are in foul trouble and we're not getting the points like we have? Because I mean Gary Air between Gary Air, Sadibi and, and Dolce the last three games, I mean they've been putting in a lot of of good minutes, good 
yeah, good stats down good. low. I yeah. mean, the points in the paint, everything like that. And that's kind of been what's been part of this five-game stretch and what's helped um, when we aren't shooting the ball good. And last night was just a situation where, okay, are your two big men followed out. Now what? And I think we saw, and now we got to figure out how to get past that because this isn't going to be the last time that those two are in foul trouble. No, Sidibe's virtually Sidibe's guaranteed four fouls a game, guaranteed. And and yeah. and, and how about Dolzhai's last foul though? We're talking about the the officiating. There mm. was there was a point in time where you could not rebound be with a guy in front of you, like you. That was the rule. It seemed like, and that goes for uh, there was a bad call against Clemson. That wasn't over the back. That was not an over the back. Yeah. It's a straight up rebound. But it was yeah. like you could not rebound with the guy in front of you. Then all of a sudden, Dolzhai gets the whistle. He's tossed. The broadcasters have no clue. They still think he's four, sitting with four, even though they said he's five and he's out. But whatever. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer there could be a minute left in the game. Sadiwi so has two fouls, and he's going to find a way to get those other two just so that he doesn't mess his average up. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, Dolzhai fouls out. And then um, – and then it seemed like they were just, it was like, you know, it was wild out there. There's all sorts of over the back and getting pushed around. And it got yeah. it got brutal all of a sudden. I'm like, what the hell is going on, man? I was so confused by it. But to Dominic's point, um, he didn't think they were looking ahead to Duke. I don't either. I think we're in the minority there. People, you know, I saw a lot. And, and you know, you can make a case for them looking ahead to Duke. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, at Oil Cuse, our, our good buddy, Captain Patrick, um, Let's say, let's say, screwed by the refs, and I don't care what you say, Sean and Joe. That's what he says. Uh, no. WTF was that fifth foul on Dolly. He didn't even touch the Clemson dude. Exactly right. We were just talking about that. Um, um, Captain Patrick, you know, we, we th- here's the thing. I don't like using the refs as a scapegoat for a loss. That's my thing. I don't want to just be that guy. But if it's blatant, like last night was bad. Like, like we did get screwed a couple times. Like he, Elijah got screwed on that tip in play. Like that should have been a foul. But so I hey, look. I mean, it's okay. You don't need to care what we think. We're just out here. We're we're, we're forming our own opinion. You can have your own opinion, and we're not going to argue about it. Absolutely, so. absolutely. But I will. I will admit that I don't think Dolzhai's was a foul, and I think um, that uh, Elijah did get fouled on that. But again. Like what you say all the time, the whole ifs and whatever. It's some butts or candy and nuts. We all have a Merry Christmas. Yeah. Speaking of Christmas. I just didn't want to say the whole thing because you say it all the time. So, but thanks. Speaking of Christmas. <laughs> speaking of Christmas, at Oil Cuse came through with the uh, Christmas card for me. So, I appreciate that. How do you like that? What do you think about that? How about that? At Nick. Sweet I don't care what you say. I know you don't. At Nick Sweetland one, I'm surprised you didn't want to argue with me about it. Uh, at Nick Sweetland one, uh, tough, tough loss, frustrating to watch them piss it away. Joe got hot in the end, but it wasn't enough. If teams were smart, they'd try and get Mark in foul trouble right away because Sadibi is given every <laughs> because Sadibi is a given every game to get four fouls for sure. I there would I I would say maybe four more L's. And it's NIT. So, well, we're speculating. Well, what, which L's are they? That's the thing, I guess. But I will say this, though. Um, and I say I will say this, though. I say that a lot. I just realized. But I will say this. I, uh, Syracuse has got to win. They've got to get a bigger win than Virginia Tech. Yeah. they got to get a bigger win than Virginia Tech. 
And yeah. I mean, Duke at home is a prime opportunity. That place is going to be loud. There's going to be a lot of people there. And Nick, you're right, dude. Four fouls for Sadibi. Every game. We're just talking about it. Every game. Boom. Guaranteed. Um, yeah, the crowd at the Dome is going to be good. We'll talk about it in a second. Uh, at ZW Rodborn, okay, on Twitter, Dolzai is the single most important important player Cuse has, is the only big who can set screens, adequately defend, etc. consistently, cannot afford to lose him with nearly eight to go, had chances to get the W, but could not convert. Officials swallowed the whistles a little at the end. Duke next. So, Joe, to our point, to coaches has said it, I said it at the beginning, um, Dolzai, can you win without Dolzai and the things he does and the way he's been working the middle? He only played 26 minutes against Clemson. We lost by one point. He plays 30 minutes, 36 minutes, 35 minutes. We win that game. Well, I mean, what he normally does, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. We talked about it. Uh, he's the one that's allowed us to be able to score in the middle and not have to rely on the outside shots and – I think that what happened when you saw him foul out, and I mean, he did struggle. He did struggle down low um, more than he has in the past few games. But as soon as he came out, you saw us kind of, it was more of it looking like the offense in the beginning of the season, right? Because we didn't have anybody that we could really count on and trust to get it down into, you know, the paint. So you can definitely tell. Uh, I mean, it's hard to sit there and say because it is a team game, you know, the single most. But I think that you we've talked about it. He needs to be able to get closer to a double double ish and be a threat down in the paint. And just last night, he wasn't. No, I mean, he does. He Minus a couple plays. He had a couple moves, a couple good. But yeah. Yeah. Just to follow trouble early. I mean, kill. It's going to kill him every time. And, you know, a couple couple bad calls. You got to expect that obviously he's probably going to get at least one bad call a game. It just kind of seems like that, and it's not necessarily uh, always the ref's fault, the angle or this or that or what have you, but, you know, it's it's going to happen. So not, yeah. not, it's human error. So um, one more. At Nick Goodman, 18, crippling loss for the tournament hopes. Makes the Duke game a must-win game, especially since it's at home to have a shot at getting in. Too many good teams left to play. Really frustrating that no one felt like defending Mac. So frustrated right now. This is immediately after the game, obviously. Um, <clears throat> look, I don't think it's a crippling loss for the tournament. We touched on that. I just don't see it a quad two loss. See, here's the thing with Syracuse. They've kind of split a couple of these games. One of them being the first game with Notre Dame, maybe. This game where they've kind of... Um, could have gone either way. Doesn't hurt. It would have been great for the resume, but it's not going to hurt. But every game right. that they they should have won or needed to win um, to avoid bad a bad loss or what have you, um, they've won. They've won all those games that they needed to win so far. These are just tournament builders. I mean, it sucks. It's a missed opportunity. Is exactly what it is. And, yeah. And you know that's what hurts about it. It's like it's just one more notch for the resume. Yeah. And and. You, again, we've talked about how many opportunities we have to be able to get these Quadrant 1 and Quadrant 2 wins, and this was prime, but again, we've been undefeated uh, in ACC play on the road up until last point, so, I mean, you can't expect to go undefeated on the road in the ACC. Clemson's a tough place to play, good defense. 
Uh, and they had some guys go off and have some really, really kind of uh, almost miraculous games for. I mean, if you'd have told me Clyde Trapp, the guy that's got seven threes the whole season, is going to go four for seven and score seventeen points. I mean, when I was doing the scouting I report, I, I, yeah. I looked at Clyde Trapp. And I'm like, this guy's terrible. I think, I think he was the name under their worst three point shooters, and he shot the best. So, again. <laughs> There's that, and then again, Mac. Go he figure. goes. I mean, Mac's a great player, but like, 32 Thanks. points, 32 shooting points. like that. I mean, yeah, mm. he's he's a he's a he's in, on his third school. He's a two-time transfer. He's 23 years old. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's an older guy. He's an older kid. Yeah. Guy, and he was out there being physical. I saw him a couple times going Experience. through. I mean, he was yeah. when he's when he's moving around the offense. He's Giving little elbows here, little things. I think his shoulder one time hit Buddy Beheim in the face in the middle of a play when he was coming up. Like just little things that that just you know can get try to get under a younger player's skin. Again, you're talking about a grown ass man versus 18, 19 year old kids for the most part, yeah. other than a few other guys, right? And, yeah. I mean, Dolge Dolge's a little bit older, but he really doesn't look it. <laughs> you don't got yeah. the build for it. Yeah, so no, I see him. I see him doesn't. trying to grow some facial hair. It's not working. Yeah. Yeah, Shave it's it. not working. It's like my brother. It's like my brother's facial hair. Like part Indian. Patch it here, <laughs> patch it there. <laughs> Patchwork. Come yeah. on. Um, so, all right, that's it for fan feedback. We appreciate all of you who participated. Um, one of these days, we're not going to do. We're not going to give our thoughts post game. I'm just going to do straight fan feedback, and we are going to go back to the phones at some point. I'll get. I'll bet you if if I'm not even going to say it. I'm not gonna say it. Don't. I'm not gonna say it. But we are. The phone line is available. I just we just don't use it. It's like every time we go to use the phone line, we were gonna use it last. Um, I don't know, Joe. I don't know. Recently, Saturday, and it was just like Joe is. You know, he was busy till the evening, and it's a Saturday night. I'm like, who's gonna call in on a Saturday night after you know five hours after the game? Right. So it is still an option, but um, it's tough, man. It's tough. So. Anyway, hey, thanks everybody who participated. Fan feedback. Go there. End of every game. Prompt your thoughts. Leave a comment. All right, Joe, the Orange can erase any negativity remaining from the Clemson game with a signature win looming against Duke. Uh, perfect opportunity to take out a ranked team uh, this Saturday in the Dome at 8 o'clock. So uh, the all-time series with Duke sits at nine and six in favor of Duke coming into this game. Syracuse and Duke, they split last year with Syracuse pulling off a huge upset on the road, a 95 to 91 overtime victory in January. Um, we all remember that Duke was ranked first, uh, in the nation and Syracuse. I think they were, I mean, they were like a, maybe a 18 point underdog or something like that. Um, yeah. uh, and it was the first time a number one Duke team, lost to an unranked team at home. It was the first and only time that's ever happened. So, and Syracuse did it. We hung our hats on that all year. At least I did. Yeah. Uh, Duke will come into the Dome second in the ACC behind Louisville at 17-3 and overall, 7-2 and in conference play. Wins over number three, Kansas. That was the first game of the year. And number 14, Michigan State. Uh, up to this point this year, Duke has two guys leading five major categories statistically. 6'10", 270-pound freshman center. 270-pound freshman center. Yeah. 
Vernon yeah. Carey. He leads Duke in points per game with 17.4 rebounds with 8.5 in blocks with 1.7 per game. Carey uh, shoots 59.5% from the field. And then we've got... <clears throat> Uh, 6'3", 185-pound sophomore guard, Trey Jones. He leads the Blue Devils in assists with 6.8 and steals with 1.7 per game. And that's his game. He's a facilitator, and he creates turnovers. And he leads both of those categories there. So 123 assists so far this year. That's good enough for 19th nationally, coupled with 37 steals this year so far. And that will tie him for 62nd nationally. By the way, 123 assists by Jones. The team total total so far this year is 192. So mm. the rest of the team has 69 combined assists to his 123. So that's a freaking ton, man. He's a facilitator, man. It's what he does. He's and he's yeah. brilliant at it. So yeah, they uh again, you named some of the main guy Vernon Carey. The father was an offensive lineman in the NFL and played for the U, so that kind of explains his uh Size. Size, yeah. True freshman, too. So he is an animal. He's going to be the guy that's going to be tough to beat. And you know that Shosevsky, he's played the zone over and over again. He's coached with Bayheim. Uh, he's going to put the players in position to be able to beat them. So, I mean, first off, you want to try to get Vernon Carey in some some type of foul trouble, right? Uh, that's got to be – that's got to be – that's got to be, um, you know, n- number number one, right? Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, basically, you go down the list, and I've looked at some of their last couple box scores, watched some of their games, and really, other than their starters, the, the only other guy that really comes in and plays significant minutes, or has been, is Jack White. Um, earlier in the season, their guard, Wendell Moore, he was a, a good player off the bench. Um, sorry, he's a forward. And he's been hurt. Uh, I guess he's practicing. He's kind of warming up during the games. They don't really know. It's going to be, even if he does play, it's going to be game-time decision, but... When you're looking at Trey Jones, Cassius, Stan- Cassius Stanley, who's a freshman guard, Matthew Hurt, freshman forward, um, and then Jordan Goldwire, who's a really good defender, a guard, and he actually saved uh, that game last night against Pittsburgh because Duke was up big and, and Pittsburgh started coming back, and, and he actually um, he kind of went off and scored some points there. So um, they really have been only been going six deep. Now, can they have Delorier and, and O'Connell, some of these other guys, Joey Baker, come off the bench who's given us problems in the past yeah if some of those guys get in foul trouble but um those are really their main guys so in trey jones i know you remember last year he gave our guards fits even bringing up the ball that's one thing i'm really really nervous about is that whole trey jones yeah. and gerard matchup right um, yeah it's not gonna be good you remember in the le- in the game we won too he went out he went he he took an injury in that game yeah oh yeah out. yep and and when you really look at it, too, uh, you kind of hope here that they have certain players there. I mean, I'm ho- I'm kind of hoping that like uh, a buddy or Elijah Hughes doesn't really have a maybe they have a mismatch and they score pretty easily. And maybe he's got to move Trey Jones uh, for, from Joe Girard to one of those guys. But uh, Joe it's going to be tough due for a big game, too. I mean, look, Joe's been doing the things Joe does, which is, you know, He's he's good. I mean, I'm not I'm not like worried about him being in a slump or anything, but you know, he's due for some points soon. He hasn't been scoring a lot. He's been doing the other things, but he hasn't been scoring a lot. No, no. And and again, I think that Duke, I mean, they kind of I'm not going to go it's I'm not going to talk crazy and talk like they're underrated or anything like that, but I just think just 
the spectrum of what college basketball is and as weak as the ACC is, they really haven't lost as many games as maybe they might with the team that they have. Uh, I think they are beatable. They do have young guys just like us. Uh, I mean, just four games ago, they lost at Clemson by seven. Yeah. And they turned around. I mean, yeah. and then they, they lose to a good Louisville team by six. You know, Miami probably looking like one of the worst teams in the ACC. They they kill by 30. But even last night, they were up almost 18. And Pittsburgh came back. And I mean, Pittsburgh came back on us. So we know we know what the blueprint a, is. But there was a home they game got, for Duke. Yeah. And they got they got it down to three within the last couple minutes before Duke kind of ended up <laughs> taking the game. So it's not one of those overly powerful Duke teams um, from the past, but. They do have some. They they have seven they, guys that have hit double digit three pointers, right? But they have two things, Joe, that Syracuse struggles with, in, in in a in a skilled defensive guard like Trey Jones, and a huge uh, guy guy at center, a true center. Yeah, uh, those those, those, yeah. those are our those are our our weak points. Kryptonite. Yes, and they've got both of them. It's a it's a it's a horrible matchup for us. I'm not saying we're gonna go out there and we're gonna get smoked. I'm just saying that you know you can look at what Duke has done in in losing to Clemson at, at home. Well, Clemson's you know Clemson's got a guy that could hang with with Carey a little bit. Yeah. So well, again, the one thing that I always stress because I mean Cassius Stanley very athletic, but he gets his points going to the hoop. He um, is really quick. He tries to blow by his guys, go to the basket. Uh, that's not really something that's there when you play against the zone. So again, we're going to want to try to obviously limit what Carey can do down low. Uh, I haven't really watched enough Duke games to know how good his jump shot is. I'm willing to bet a lot of his scoring comes at the rim, probably within yeah at the rim. So again, it comes down to you've seen it. I mean, how, how big do we tell you? Amir Sims, is? he's a junior. He's seen our 2-3 zone over and over again, and he struggled last night. Vernon Carey, so, by the way, is, is taking 11 shots from behind the arc. He's 45.5%. He's hit five of them. So he's not a threat out there, but he's a, he's a threat at the rim. You know? Yeah. At, yeah. You know, you take those 11, those 11 shots off, he's attempted 222. So 211 um, inside, you know, two point range. So, right. and you can guarantee yeah. those are putbacks most of them. Yeah, and you've seen some games where I mean, I've seen some games where so many, just a lot of their guys are kind of neutralized, and Trey Jones is is forced to huck up a bunch of threes. And I mean, other than a guy, I'm I'm really worried, really more about Matthew Hurt because he's a forward that can they can shoot. So we do have to worry about certain guys that shoot, but they're not an overly good jump shooting team. Uh, I think a lot of times they get their points off transition, um, being smart, getting. The ball down low, taking it to the hole, getting fouled. Syracuse has uh, done a really good job of taking care of the ball. They did it again last night. Uh, they did struggle in the win against Pitt, but we knew Pitt was going to be that team that was going to be able to force some turnovers for Syracuse. And they turned, I think, what, 13 turnovers into 15 points or something like that, which is really good. But, right. but um, Syracuse has taken care of the ball. And They've just got to be conscious of it. They just got to be very conscious of it. I think it's going to be a game similar to the beginning of the Clemson game, where they're going to have to take that first five minutes to kind of settle in and figure out what they're up against. And right. you know, um, we just hope that. I think too, to your point, that this Duke team, what you got the exception of Trey Jones, which is Trey Jones has played against the Syracuse team really once, because. He was out in the first game. I mean, it happened like five minutes into the game. Right. So, so 
you know, you got in, in, I mean, you've got Jack White has seen it a little bit, but you know, most of these guys have not seen this, the Syracuse defense. Jack White's probably chomping off the, chomping at the bit to to kind of get back at what he did last year. Right. Yeah. He hits a, one three, they beat us. Right, <laughs> but right. but realistic but realistically, yeah, I mean you're right. Uh they do have some guys. I mean Alex O'Connell, who's played less than ten minutes the last couple of games, well, minus Miami, everyone played in that game. But um I mean he's he's had success in the in the past with coming off the bench and, and making some threes against us, uh, because of the way that we that we play. And and you that's the point that I was gonna hit on was that you never really you can look at all these stats and how Vernon Carey does one on one against another center and everything, but a two our two three zone is a different animal. It's a different beast, and you never really know how somebody is going to respond um, respond to it, right? So, and then that's really what it comes down to it, is if we, go on. Well, I'm just saying if we force uh, Vernon Carey a little bit outside and away from the hoop, then who knows what, what he's going to end up doing or if he's going to be able to make those shots consistently, you know, a little bit farther away from the basket. And you just, you just never know how, to, how kids are going to respond. You know, the bad thing is, is that they do have good defense and they do have depth. So if they have guys that aren't responding, then coach K is going to have no problem bringing other guys in to uh, try to get the job done. Yeah. And I mean, Jack White plays 20 minutes. Jack White is one of those guys can be off or on. And he always, he, he makes me nervous. Anyway, just because he's that guy. So mm-hmm. and and you know, as far as as far as Trey Jones goes, he's gonna get some steals. He's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna wreak some havoc and and you just gotta limit it. And Vernon Carey is going to be able to take some alley he's gonna be facilitated by Jones. There's probably gonna be some some, you know po- he's probably gonna poster up Sadibi at some point. So yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna you're gonna have some of and that. one it, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're right. And yeah. Dolzai is gonna have it's, to. I mean, that's one thing I hope that comes it's back really, is I, I hope that Dolzai. I hope that Dolzai that he actually comes off of it. I think he's gonna be upset. I think he's gonna be mad. I think he's gonna know that he didn't. He couldn't have fouled out in that game, and he probably is gonna put that game, that last and, game, on him. Yeah, and here's the other thing. And I'm not trying to prolong the the Duke preview, but it's a big game. And here's the thing: when we talk about Syracuse losing to Clemson at Clemson, quad two game, not a big deal. But if they had won it, and this was six in a row going in to play Duke at home. How confident would you feel about Syracuse going seven in a row? See, I'm, I'm, I'm. It's not superstition. It's playing the odds to me. It's. Not, I'm not superstitious about it. But a loss before a big game is not always a bad thing. I would rather no. lose to Clemson and beat Duke than to beat Clemson and lose to Duke. I mean, yeah, right. And, well, right. Yeah. But if you ask the, another person, I talked to your brother today, who's a Duke fan, and. He said that he was glad that we lost because he didn't want he you know a confident team winning six in a row. This is he was upset so you can that play we, devil's, but he said the opposite last year. I remember him saying the opposite last year. But again, it's just all about devils. Yeah, but did he say it after or before the game? He said like it's I, I devil's can't advocate because again, realistically, you don't know unless you're in there and you know the psyche and 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 
and what's going on with players' mindsets, right? Yeah. Because again, sometimes there's people, there's players that get on their high horse and oh, we win five games. Oh, they sometimes they get a little overconfident. Think, they think they're better than what they are, right? So yeah. sometimes you need that loss to kind of bring you back down to earth. I think, and then give your give your coach a chance to actually use that against you for yeah. some motivation, right? Right. So, and then other times you do have teams that you know the more you win and you you keep going. Like then they understand and that confidence stays right. So well, it's tough though. I think it's tough to string together seven wins, eight wins in a row in conference play. Right, it's tough. A hundred percent. That's tough, especially when you've been undefeated on the road. And again, every single time, every game, the pressure gets a little bit more because the more the spotlight's on you, the more people start talking about you. Then the more you know difficult it is because there's a little bit of pressure because now you have the outside pressure. Yeah. So. Um, with that said, I think Mark is a guy who who feeds off of the redemption type aspect of the game. I think that's yeah. like his mentality. He's mature in that aspect, I think, and that's kind of I feel like that's his mentality because when he gets focused, he's freaking dangerous for a for a little goofball like that. Seriously, I mean, you look at him, you're like, man, this guy, what's this guy gonna do? He goes in there and gets a double double. I think we I think we got quite a few players on our team that kind of got that blue collar mentality, oh, right? Gerard, where, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, you, and Buddy's a hard worker, so absolutely. again, you know, when you, when you lose games like that, and it's, you know, you, that kind of sometimes feeds the fuel. Time to get back to work. Put the boots on. Get back to work. You yeah, know? and the camaraderie and, with this team too. You got to think about that. By the way, my brother's a Duke fan. Grew up in Syracuse. Just I want to point that out. He still lives in Syracuse. So, yeah. Uh, his address is no, I'm just but um, <laughs> yeah, no, <right>? so <laughs> but yeah, and, and, and realistically, it never really matters what the rankings are or who's where. Ever since, I mean, I know there's been a couple times where Duke's beaten us kind of handily, one, but one time they beat us real handily. But I mean, you look at since we've since we've joined with like North Carolina, maybe a similar team with that type of pedigree. Uh, we beat them the first year that we played them, and then it seemed like after that, Roy Williams figured out the two-three zone, and they'd beaten us every single time. So that's just annoying. And I kind of thought and suspected the same thing was going to happen when when we joined the league with Duke. But um, when did we join? This, what was this? this is turn thirteen. Turn something like that. Twelve or thirteen. This has turned into to kind of a mini rivalry. It's never going to rival the North Carolina Duke rivalry, but there is a, a mini the it is. rivalry, you know, and, and we always seem to play each other close, no matter what the record is or where we're playing or what's at stake. The, so, mo- the most we lost by was 16 um, at Duke, yeah. February 2018. Other than that, these have been, well, 12 points last year at home we lost by. That would be the second. Uh, worst loss. So m- my point is, is that to your to your point, yeah, it's always a good game. Um, it's always a tough matchup. These coaches know each other really well, just as much as Shashevsky. We talk about Shashevsky knowing the zone. I mean, Beheim knows Shashevsky too. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. so yeah. there there's we do have that, and they both have an edge, and it's all it's all going to come down to what these kids do on the court. So that's it. Look, we're going to give Joe's prediction is going to come out. Um, I can't wait to see this one. <sighs> I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. Hey, when we post it, don't forget to post your prediction. If you nail the prediction, I'll send you swag. I owe uh, a couple dudes some swag right now. 
And just so you know, it, I'm, I'm putting it together. I had a couple other things, and that's going to get sent off um, as soon as I yeah. can. But it is put together. So I got it put hey. together. Uh What's up? 31,000 31, tickets have already been sold. Yeah, so. that's right. And we, yeah, we get talk. it. Come on, Let's fill it up. It. That's right. That's right. And, and hey, stripe the dome, man. Pay attention to where you're sitting. Look at the chart and wear the uh, appropriately colored shirt or whatever yeah. that, that yeah. corresponds with your, with your section. So, um, you know, I mean, if play you could. The game. Yeah, if you could, please, that would be great. Okay, let's not look silly out there. I wish it would just be an orange out or a white out or something, but they want to stripe the dome, so it's up to y'all to stripe the dome. Well, that's a white out outside, but <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right, listen, episode two hundred in the books. I thank you guys so much, ladies and gentlemen. We love you. Um, keep spreading the word. It's 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 you guys that that help this grow, and we. Um, there's not words that can express how appreciative we are. So I want to thank my bookie. Thank you to all of you. And thanks to um, James on guitar. I think that's it. Right, Joe? Am I missing anything? I feel like I'm missing something. I don't think I Me. That's it. Yeah, that's right. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast. The Fan's Voice with Sean and Joe. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.